can breathe. Isn't this the excitement you were talking about, Tanya? <laughs> right. We do understand each other, Tanya. <laughs> See, this is just how we live, Tanya. <laughs> Doesn't have to hurt. Don't you get it, Tanya? I need you. I need you to live. Good. Please don't kill me. Tanya, I don't think you're entering into the spirit of this. Why don't you just think of yourself as lunch? Hello, folks. Welcome to Sin Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill. With me, as usual, is Iris. Hello, hello. Hey, she's healthy. Been a it's, while. It's, it's, it's been it's been a long time, man. And, um, yeah. And this is why some podcasts take the summer off because you just get too busy with bullshit and you know wanting to do things. And um, mm. twenty-two shots of moods and horrors, great example of that to take the whole summer off and and. I'm 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 not I'm not that patient for all that, but uh, it, it is what it is. <laughs> How are you, Iris? So much better. Um, yeah. So I've, this having COVID sucks, but it's only five days. So if the flu and the cold could do the same thing, that would be great. <laughs> because yeah, it's like five days and done. So. I'm I'm lucky with my, with my immune system. I'm sick for like two days, and then I, I I'm back to normal again for some reason. I don't know what it is. It, it's oh, you are lucky. Oh boy! And also with us as usual is Suzanne. Hello and greetings. God, she sounds so down the dumps right now. What's wrong with this woman? Come on now. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I'm just I'm basically just decompressing. I mean, I, I had to watch one of these films three times, you know, so I'm just going to throw it out there, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, what, spoilers now. Uh, my review is going to be lackluster for one of these films. You're just going to throw it out there. It just, it's, it's, ugh, I don't know. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll start uh, this show the same way we always talk about every other show. Um, I'll ask Iris what she's been watching lately. Okay, so believe it or not... <clears throat> I, uh, because I was sick and I had to be, you know, sequestered and quarantined away from everyone, I started watching Dark Shadows, <laughs> the OG Dark Shadows, where oh, Barnabas ah. shows up. Right. I am on season four now. Um, two of the major characters that were on there are now gone because they're dead. So, yeah, it's great. I, I forgot how much I loved this as a kid. And, um, yeah, that's basically what I've been watching. And then, you know, the usual shit TV arranged and um, started watching um, the Australian version of Big Brother, which is a lot more interesting than the American one. But besides that, um, it's pretty much it. Cool. Uh, I, I can always expect from Iris to watch uh, some of this reality junk that my sister watches, and oh yeah, it, it, it'll come up in the same conversations. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Suzanne. Well, it's summer, you know. I really most of my time revolves around 
baseball and sitting outside, but, you know, catching up on the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. It's still, the baby Colin thing got a little, I don't know, off-putting, but this season seems to be going in the right direction for me. And, of course, I always have to do a little crime time, so I watched the Ken and Barbie murders, which I've I've seen so many documentaries on Homolka and Paul Bernardo. But this one actually added a few things that I found that I did not know. So if murder aficionados out there, check out Ken and Barbie murders. And I think I watched that on Max. And I know Iris is big into crime time. Mm, yes, I am. Have you seen it yet? Um, no, I have not watched that particular one. So I'm going to have to check that out. Is that all like on Netflix or? It's on Max. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got that. Cool. Yeah. So do me a favor. Check it out. Is there's, like I said, a few things. I, I didn't even realize that there was another sister. And oh. what kind of details. Uh, yeah, I know. Never mentioned in anything I've watched I've, in anything I've read. So that was kind of, I guess, just she was off in the shadows and really didn't have any relevance in the story. So I didn't even know she was there. And it follows a little bit about her after she got released, which it is it is really good. It is okay. really good. So check that out. And uh, let's see what else. Um... Yeah, pretty much is it. Cubs coming up in the Central, except they dropped two games to the Mets, and that'll be my sports update. And now to Gary for the weather. And, and, and yes. Dan, and Dansby and Dansby is a man's name apparently on the Chicago Cubs. So <laughs> I, I found that out. I thought it was a nickname. I'm Dan not gonna lie to you. <clears throat> that, that, that is some country ass <laughs> Southern shit right there. Okay, that that. Uh, it has to be a family name. Dan- Dansby is this man's name, okay? You know, that's the uh, name. Yeah, that's, that's the, definitely a family name. That's the name his mama gave him, Dansby. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I can't get over it, but uh, I, I, I digress. <laughs> I have also been watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. I have been um, enjoying it thoroughly, as usual. Um, Guillermo uh, is is half vampire on there. He has adorable vestigial wings for no reason. And um, <laughs> have you seen these things? They're, they're adorable. These vestigial wings. And um, yeah, it's it's hilarious as usual. Um, it's it's good stuff all the time. Uh, even better, I, I'd say, is um, they started the final season of Reservation Dogs on FX as well, um, which I can't I can't um, praise enough. Um, uh, I gotta catch up on that. The, the latest episode is really, really powerful stuff because Bear, who's on his 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 journey home, uh, meets the deer lady. If you know that is on the show, and she's like a mythological, like native you know creature that that kills bad men. And um, you find out the story of the deer the deer lady, how she became who she was, and it involves uh, Native American boarding schools which are awful places that were run by Quakers who basically took native kids from their families and tried to re-educate them and take their, their heritage away from them and, you know, all kinds of abused and nasty shit. So it, it's, 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 it's really, it's really tough to watch, but it's, it's, it's an important part of history. That's really ugly and just coming to light recently. And, um, 
Yeah, it's sad. That's the political portion of the show right there. You know, you should, should, shouldn't do that, y'all. Um, <laughs> what else? I, I watched, um, you'll hear about this on the, the latest uh, Look What You Did episode of Ricky Morgan. Um, watched Shaolin Soccer. Very fun movie. If Victor has oh, seen... I love that movie. Oh, yeah. You drink too much. <laughs> yeah. If Victor hasn't seen this, he has to. Um, it's excellent. What, what, what else? There's not a whole lot um, that I can remember because we've had been a while since we recorded a show. So, you know, recent stuff um, is is hard to recall because uh, I oh this was good. The shark shark exploitation. Is a documentary on, on, on Shudder about shark exploitation movies, and this is pretty good because it gets to the, the, the movies, and it also gets to the science of the movies and what's what what's real life and what's fake, and it's a uh, it's a very interesting watch as far as not, not just for hey look you like these these movies you like these ripoffs here here's also here's some of the science of you know why manners disgusting people be in. Peter Benchley regretted, you know, Jaws getting so big because so many people were in the ocean killing these sharks who literally, I think five humans die, or, or, or really, it's a really small number of humans die from shark attacks in a year, and usually it's by accident. It's not, they're intentionally trying to attack somebody. So, um, yeah, that's an important part of that documentary. And, um, oh, I was at Suzanne's house, and I watched part of Demonsville Terror, and I fell asleep. Not because of the movie, because I was very, very tired. So I'll, I'll be going back to that movie. Just, just uh, give it a watch. Oh, yes. I've <laughs> got to go back to that movie, too. Yeah, because I heard two people snoring, and it wasn't me. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just wait and catch it. it, it and everybody's going to be awake. It wasn't boring. I was just very tired. I promise, you know. <laughs> I was enjoying was one what of my I, favorite <laughs> witch movies. I was enjoying what I saw. Let's put it that way. And, uh... Me and Suzanne went to a horror convention, and we got to meet nice. um, our friend Cameron, my, my my co-host from Last Call of Torchies, who you've heard on this show too, and um and his wife Patty had had some sausage and got fat together and uh got, got to hang yeah. out. That was pretty cool, you know. That's, that's, uh, yeah, it was very very good times. Um, yeah, no real beef on this one. I, I don't have anything to complain about except for you know. Native appropriation, which I already did that, and uh, get powerful shit. You should, you should all watch Reservation Dogs; it's wonderful. Um, we'll get to the meat and beat and potatoes of this episode. <clears throat> um, been a long time coming to do this, but here it is. Well, we're all looking forward to this. An episode entitled "Where <clears throat> Sorry We're So Horny," which includes the howling and sleepwalkers about horny wear people. <laughs> Sometimes husband and wife, sometimes husband and lover, sometimes mother and son. And we'll, we'll talk all about you know, our, our purple glows as, as we progress on this episode. Uh, and Clovis, of course, who's just phenomenal as a cat and a character. Um, hey, it's Feline Cop. Bum, bum, bum. Feline Cop, man. Get the bad guy, Clovis. Get him. Get him. Get him. You know. Uh, we'll start in chronological order with the Howling, uh, Stone Cold classic the most, from 1981, read the trailer. What do you see? The Howling. Somewhere in this city. In this human jungle. 
it begins. Just try. He's right there. What do you see? What's there, Karen? What do you see, Karen? What's there? Somewhere in these woods, in this primal, sensuous, secret place, lies an experience too terrifying for words. And now, all anyone can do is watch and wait. Tonight I'm going to show you something. Make you believe. The Howling. The Howling from 1981. Uh, your cheaper plot synopsis after a bizarre and near deadly encounter with a serial killer, they forgot you're responsible, a television newswoman is sent to a remote, remote mountain resort whose residents may be may not be what they seem. This is um, directed by the great Joe Dante. Uh, writers include Gary Brand, Brand, Brandner, uh, John Sales, of course, who did some great horror stuff in the, the 80s, I think some of the 70s too. And uh, Terrence Winkless, uh, the stars, uh, the the great and lovely Dee Wallace. And if you never met Dee Wallace, uh, I, I, that's a high recommend for me. As uh, the official Karen, the original Karen, uh, Karen White, uh, Patrick Nick McNee as Dr. George, George Wagner, uh, Dennis Dugan as Chris, Chris Christopher Stone as as Bill, uh, Karen's Karen's man man candy, and um, somebody else's man candy too. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, Belinda Belansky as Terry Fisher Kevin McCarthy as Fred Francis Karen's boss uh, John Carradine shows up Slim Pickens his teeth really hurt people uh, Elizabeth Brooks as Marsha Quist Robert Picardo as Eddie Quisp Qu- Quist uh, Noble Willingham as Charlie Barton um, who else shows yeah, Don McLeod as, as T.C. Quist one of my favorite characters in the whole film and we get a bona fide Walter Paisley moment, a couple of them with the great Dick Miller in this movie, and um, I, I love when that happens. I, I know how I feel about this movie. I'm sure the the ladies here have read this book multiple times, the original the original book. Um, oh yes. I'm gonna kick it to oh, Su- yeah. Su- Suzanne first. Suzanne, tell us about the Howling, baby. Oh, uh, this I have to admit is probably my favorite werewolf movie. It's just got. I, I I like I just love every moment of it. I love the very beginning where she's in her purple dress, you know, wandering the sleazy side of L.A. looking to go watch some movies and talk to the serial killer who likes to leave the little smiley faces. And I have to admit that scene is just incredibly. I mean, I saw this when I was probably way too young, but. It's powerful. She, all you see are these shadows and the news footage of the bodies. It's just, it, it, it just kind of puts you right there. And then she comes back with the constant nightmares. And of course, the good doctor 
like, you know, I got a place. Got a place. You can come relax. Get your mojo back. Bring your husband. And little do they know, they're walking into a colony of werewolves. And, you know, it's like the, the, just want to take a moment just to talk about the Eddie Quist transformation. The air bladder effect, it is just, it's just spectacular to watch. I know a lot of people now be like, well, with CGI, you could do that, but there's just something about the original physical effects that just completely, it took me in with this. And of course, you know, you've got your overly amorous, uh, what is her name? Oh God. The, oh, Marsha. It was, you know, pretty much all over her husband. It's just, it's just, a, it's, it's got its light moments of humor, but it's a straight up horror movie. It's got blood. It's got guts. It's got everything. And there's a few people I was really actually sad to see die, which rarely happens for me. Um, yeah, the bare bones of it. It's just fun. It's a fun werewolf movie. The transformations are great. I love how she, tr- the more she tries to, you know, adapt into this little, you know, wellness community, the more she's, you know, just in noticing how strange the whole thing is. And sharing our information with um, the her friend and his girlfriend, and Dick, yeah, Dick Miller is great as the, the occult bookstore owner. I mean, he's only in for a brief period of time, but he always just lends a lot of presence to whatever he's doing. And I love the whole thing. Yeah, a box of silver bullets. Well, I got to look up market. Bill me. Just it's and uh, of course every channel on TV has some kind of werewolf reference. It's fun. It amps up. I well, the only thing that bugs me about this movie, and it's very very simple, and it's just the last thing you that you see and hear before the credits roll, because it's pretty much, yeah, it's right in your face. You know what's coming. You totally know what's coming. But like I said, it, it's for for 1981, you know, ounce of blood and hair for ounce of blood and hair. It still is. It's classic. It stands up well. <laughs> I just I, I just can't. I, I, I watch this movie several times a year. It's just got such a great vibe to it. It's I, I enjoy the story. It's a lot different. Not a lot, but it's somewhat different from the book. The bare bones are there, but I think they took the source material and did a great job with it. And all in all, it's just it's it's a great little vampire vampire werewolf movie. Okay, that was a mental hiccup. So yeah, this is just this is a fantastic film. Cool, Iris. So um, on this one, The Howling, I got to see this in the movie theater, and it was amazing. Um, Gosh, if I can say I watched it ten times in the theater, I would not be exaggerating. 
because I was so in love with this movie. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up watching, you know, the Universal Monsters and Elvira and stuff like that. And um, this movie really carried that feel of the 80s. It was gritty, atmospheric. The music, I mean, come on. You have um, Pino Donaggio composed the score to this. And it is just so dark and and oppressive at some points and so majestic in others. It just really, really carries the movie and really gives this movie the correct atmosphere it needs. Because if you really think about this, this is a movie of um, a commune of werewolves that are trying to, I don't know if they're trying to recruit um, uh, D. Wallace, uh, you know, her character. But they were certainly trying to recruit um, uh, Christopher Stone or Bill. Um, but still, this, this you take that, that element of the atmosphere out of this movie and it, it's, it's just really just another werewolf movie. But, you know, being up, you know, up coast in California and, you know, having the fog come in and you know, out in the forest and the lighting and everything. It was, it's just such a beautifully shot movie. And, you know, really to think about this movie, I was reading uh, that uh, they had gone over budget so bad that the scene where um, Terry gets killed (laughs) was filmed in Joe Dante's office. Because they didn't have money for to go to a set somewhere. But here he does, what he does is he turns out this beautiful movie that, I mean, it racked in some bucks for for the time. Um, they had $1.5 million budget and it made almost $18 million. Back then in the 80s, that's a lot of money. <laughs> But, um, like, you know, there's really not much to, to add from what, you know, you were saying, Suzanne, you know, the, the special effects, everything. It's just this movie is still relevant, even though you can say, well, you could do that with CG. Okay, yeah, how easily is it done with CG? You had to have somebody sit in a chair for hours on end to get all this stuff done so it could get filmed for, what, two to three minutes movie time but it had such an impact on the story and on the viewer that to me yeah sure you could do that in cg okay well yeah big deal but this was you know physical effects and and physical effects for me when i see that in a movie now mad respect for it because you know it's it's just really not done as much anymore but um this too is probably one of my favorite werewolf movies in itself um, I enjoy the story, atmosphere, like I was saying. Uh, Joe Dante just did an incredible job with this. And, you know, he, we've got people like John Carradine. And his role to me is so impactful because he is that, I'm sure that he was that alpha male that now doesn't even have the teeth to be able to rip meat off of any bone you know and it's sad to see that he's just sitting there and and he's going nuts and he's going crazy because he you know he knows what he was and now he is 
just an old man discarded off to the side. <laughs> it's just it, it that in itself to me is also impactful. The psychology of this movie. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more to praise this movie than what Suzanne's already done and myself. It's just if by some chance you have not seen this movie, what the fuck is wrong with you in the first place? And two, go find it. It's online. I'm sure you can find it online for free somewhere and watch it. And if you have the chance, if you are a reader, pick up the three books. I have all three, and it is a yearly read for me. So mm, that's my two cents on this whole thing. Okay, this is where it gets dicey for me. And, uh, I, I, it's, it's known that I don't love this film. It, it's just it's one of those things. And it's not, it's not anything. Everything you guys said was correct, you know. But there's there's a little there's a little there's a little um, nuances in the film and stuff I love like like you said with John Carradine being the 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 elder, you know werewolf talking about how much his teeth hurt and he can't use them anymore and yada 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 these things I love, I, I love, you, you know um, Patrick McNeese character, he's just really selling this colony thing to her and she's believing it all the way. Uh, Robert Ricardo as, as Eddie Quist is genuinely creepy. You know, even when you don't see him, he's genuinely creepy and doing his thing. And, um, it's, 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 he's great. And Marsha Mar- Quist is the like perfect, perfect foil for everybody. And, uh, I, lo- I love the brother too. He's, cause he's, I, I love the, the animalistic, you know, nature, even when he's in human form, like being like, kind of like a hunting dog, just, just looking for the kills when they're hunting and stuff. And, it's that's pretty cool, and the problem I have with the howling is it's it's almost like two lifetime for me, kind of like Black Christmas. It's because Karen White, D. D. Wallace's character, nobody is just naive or stupid or or, or 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 whatever it is, because her husband starts going through the change after he gets it in with Marsha Quist. This is this is my theory on the whole thing that. They're in with a good doctor, you know. Spoilers: the the doctor isn't on this, the whole werewolf thing, and um, I I think Marsha, you know, brought uh, uh, our good reporter and, and, and her man candy to, to the camp just so she can get some revenge sex to say, you know what, you killed my brother, I'm gonna make your man into one of ours, and th- that's that's the whole flow of it because she she like takes him as as her own. <clears throat> and the moment where that, that makes the churn is where you know he's he's a vegetarian, he starts eating meat. He's overly violent to the point where he slapped her. Now a normal person would get in the fucking car and leave because he's he's never been he's been, never been like this before. But she's she sticks around and and that's fine. And but the you know it's a little twist about the film that I, I I don't like as far as like a film goes. This is why I have more fun with Howling Two. It's not a better movie I know, but I I have more fun with the Howling Two. But with the ending of this movie, you know. They're all destroyed, the werewolves, except for one, because Marsha's still alive. Marsha should have been in Howling too. Although, how much I love um, Sybil Danning and, and anything, that should have been your next logical, you know, uh, step, is her being the character in Howling too, because she lives, and I would have loved it. Um, <clears throat> the very end, you know, where she's going to expose everybody, um... I guess the Manchichi werewolf, the the little cutie werewolf she turns into, I guess that was a decision made by her to say, if I'm going to be a werewolf, I'm going to be adorable. And you know what? 
She's like the most non-threatening <laughs> werewolf ever. She, she's adorable. You want you want to pet her or something? You know, um, it's just it's just it, it's for me and it's not for me. It, it's it's like it's like the parts of American World from London that work. They work so well for me, but the parts that don't work for me make me not watch it a lot. It's the same thing with this one. It's just <clears throat> the, the illogical stuff in the film. It's kind of like um, people consider Last House on the Left. A classic, and and you know what it, it is for that kind of film, but there's stuff in the film that takes you out of it, L- like the bumbling cops and shit like that, and you know, you know, bless David Hess, you know, but the the stupid soundtrack done by him, it, it takes you out of it, and there's stuff in this film that takes me out of it, and it's not just, it doesn't make it, and any less of a good film, I enjoy what I see, I love the Rob Bottin special effects. Although, <clears throat> I don't like the way Joe Dante kind of shit on... I, I watched The Beast Within recently. He kind of dumbed on those effects, the, their bladder effects. Oh, those are... are like Basically saying his, these were leaps and bounds above that. Did they look better? Yes. Did they look all that much better? Not really. And to be, to be honest, I like the story better in uh, Beast Within than I do in this movie. The whole small town secret, you know, the with the cicadas and the... <coughs> sorry. <clears throat> I just watch. There's a lot going on in Beast Within. It's 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 it's, it's um it's a pretty good one. One day we'll cover it on here. Um, but I do I do enjoy this, just not like I should. Let, let's let's put it that way. <laughs> That's my my two cents on the howling. I'm sorry. But uh, anything else? Uh, I'll take it to Iris. She wants to say about the movie, and uh, what we should give it one to ten. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna give this a ten. It's great. I love the the story and. Very valid points. Very, very valid points that you're making, Gary. Yeah, you know, um, Dee Wallace's character could have been completely left out. She did not need to be in the movie. You take her character away and you make um, uh, not uh, Terry's boyfriend. Uh, shit, what was his name? The other... Bill. Yeah, no, no, Bill. No, 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 Terry's, no, no, not Bill. Terry's boyfriend. Terry's, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, Chris, Chris, you know, he has more of an impact on the plot than 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 most of the people in this right. movie. Him and him and him and the lady friend. Right. So if if Chris would have been the one investigating the serial killing, and um, they found out about this colony of werewolves somehow, one way or another, then I think it wouldn't have been such a it, it wouldn't have that cutesy element. It would have more grit, you know, if they would have taken Karen White completely out of the picture. Um, but uh, that being said, I still really, really love this film, and I'm going to give it a 10. Cool. Suzanne? Now, I've always loved this movie. It's one of the funniest things I can say about this movie. Um, I was actually I was watching it with my mom for the first time. I was, I was like, very young. And I was curled up on the couch watching, and my mother, I think we heard my dad pull in, she's like, you roll over, pretend you're asleep. And that just makes me laugh every time I watch it. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, the the thing about, you know, the werewolves, and I know, it's like, I know she wanted to be a cutesy werewolf, but I mean, it's, it's they, they talked about a little bit in the movie about nature. Everyone's true nature came out in their wearable form. So she was just not a 
she was a pretty, I hate to say wishy-washy. So she was a wishy-washy werewolf. Just a thought. And I think it was more of a goody two-shoes. She was just yeah. too pure. Uh, for yeah, she to be a beast. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, and it's it's one of those things that crosses my mind when I watch the movie. But because whenever Gary and I talk about it, it's like I always get the whole Monchi cheese speech. Because <laughs> that's what she looks like. Okay, you know. Okay, yeah, she looks like a Monchi cheese. But I just, I do, I have this, I. I my husband got me the actual movie poster that hung in a theater that I have hanging up on my wall. One oh. of these days, I'll get some autographs on it. Yeah, right, 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 right under the the um, oh, what's the damn slaughtered lamb? The slaughtered lamb tavern sign. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I do have to keep my my subgenres together. But like I said, I've always loved this movie. Like I said, it just brings up that one memory from childhood as well. And yeah, I've honestly, I have not read the second and third book in years, but every couple of years, because I can blow through the first book in a couple of hours. It's a fast read. Yes, I need it really to, is. I, yeah, I need to go read the trilogy again, just, just for fun, because I've Pretty much, I'm finishing a good book, which means I won't find another good book for at least six months. So I have to go give those a reread. But yeah, honestly, I, I have so much love for this movie. It's it's a straight up ten for me. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, it's it's an eight for me. It's it's, it's classic for, for for all the right reasons. And you know, I I'm being really nitpicky here. But uh, more interesting ending, okay? Marsha and Bill escape the colony, <laughs> and then it becomes the plot the Gone Girl in suburbia, but they're both werewolves, okay? Heck yes! Just Mar- <laughs> just just Marsha murdering people and having sex. Well, let me just in blaming on Bill. I, I would love that movie, you know. Well, see, and again, so again, Dee Wallace's part where she comes, where she turns into the little Monchichi, that could have been left out completely, and just cut scene after, you know, you see the barn fire cut scene to uh, Marsha sitting at the bar. And that would have been perfect. That would have been a perfect ending. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a good ending. It's a great ending, except for, um, yeah, it's, she, she lives. Like, she, she, she should have been in Howling, too. That, that should have been the main, the, 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 the werewolf bitch, as they say in, in the, the international title. Um, if you want to find the Howling, it's, it's very easy. Blu-ray, DVD, 4K Blu-ray. It's on Shutter right now where I watched it, so it's it's easily accessible to to, to get to. And um, Howling Two was on Shutter for like a week and they took it off. I was very upset by that. It's, it's um, why would they do that? Christopher Lee in the in the glasses and a little person and Red Brown in the double denim outfit in that movie. It's just it's it's just it's just good feelings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I like this okay. It's, it's it's an 8 out of 10, though, and it, I, I love to say, if I watch it again, it, the, the score might go higher, but I, I, I don't think so. I, I think that's right where I'm at with it, and I think, I think it's fair uh, to, to call it that. And, um, sorry, Jamie Sammons, but not sorry. But yeah, I, I need I need the, 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 the sub-plot sub, sub, uh, to make it real lifetime-y to, to put Marsha Quist and Bill in suburbia and Marsha Quist murdering people and blaming, blaming it on Bill. And, yeah. 
It would just be, um, it would be aces. It would be. Oh my gosh. But next up, we're going to talk about Cats in Love with young girls. <laughs> and Cats in Love with their mommies and listening to old oldies music and you know, all, all that good stuff. Um, Sleepwalkers, directed by the great Mick Garris. We'll talk about that uh, coming up next. Charles Brady is new in town. You can actually talk to him? Yeah, he's nice. Real nice. The girls all like him. The teachers all respect him. Your teachers in Ohio must have been sorry to lose such a creative young man. The parents all trust him. He's utterly charming. But nobody really knows him. Like his mother. You cannot be in love with this girl. She looks. You don't know me, Tanya. But I want to. Behind their smile is a secret. Hi. Come in, Tanya. I have something for you. I don't know who you are, but I know you're not who you say you are. Behind the secret is a hunger. Does it have to be her? <laughs> and behind it all is the imagination of Stephen King. Somebody help me, please! He killed one of my men. He was scared of a cat. Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers from 1992, and oh, how 1992 it is. Directed by Rick McGarris, written by Stephen King. And your cheap applause synopsis is this. A mother and son team of strange supernatural creatures move to a small town to seek out a young virgin to feed on. This stars Brian Krause as Charles Brady, who you may know from the TV show Charmed. Uh, Ma Chenemick, who plays Tanya in this movie. She, she was in Twin Peaks and stuff, but I know her as Betty Cooper, from uh, Betty Cooper's mother from Riverdale. Um, you know I'm obsessed with that show, guys, seriously. Uh, the great Alice Krieg as Mary Brady, just kicking all kinds of ass in this movie and just fucking her son. Come on now, you know. <laughs> oh, this is this is fun when this happens. I think they're a real life couple. Uh Cindy Pickett and Lyman Ward, uh Mr Mr and Mrs. Bueller show up as her parents. Ron Perlman shows up as as a cop in this movie. The great Glenn Shattuck shows up in this movie as as the the the, the unfortunate teacher. Um you get a whole mix of directors and stuff in this movie. Um Clyde Barker shows up, Joe Dante shows up, John Landis shows up. Cynthia Garris, McSwipe, shows up in this movie. And, um, Rusty... Don't forget Toby Hooper. And Toby Hooper. Yeah, and, uh, Rusty Schwimmer, who I missed in this movie. I, I love that actress. I think she's great in things. Um, I know how I feel about this fucking crazy fucking movie. Uh, oh, and I forgot the, 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 the major star of this movie, Clovis. Because Clovis rocks. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, constantly. Start with Suzanne, Sleepwalkers. Tell us all about it, girl. I don't like this movie. 
I just don't like it. And I went it, back in the nineties. There is a very severe lack of horror in the early nineties. You got very few horror films, and you know before digital and you know having access to you know foreign you know horror movies. Yeah, you, you, your choices were pretty slim. So I saw I was I could not wait for this movie to come out. I think I went in on opening weekend on a date. Yeah, that ended up badly, but that's another story. But yeah, I just don't like this movie. There are a handful of things I do like about it, so I think I'm going to focus on those and add in some of the things that I don't like. Well, we'll start. I don't like the story. I think the story is meandering. It it it. It has its moments where it doesn't know what it is. Um, I Brian Krauss, kind of cute, terrible actor. Um, and Madkin, she's it, she was a little green in the acting area herself. But I do like Alice. I love Cindy Pickett and Lyman, and I completely forgot that Ron Perlman was in it very very briefly and Glenn Shattuck. But the things I do like, you know, the song that Santiago and Johnny did, Sleepwalk, that's one of my favorite songs. There's also a great version of Brian's, the Brian Setzer Orchestra doing it live. So if you get a chance, check that out. Um, the only washable scene in this movie for me, well, other than anything where, where Clovis is concerned, because Clovis is just a little cutie. Um, the scene with Toby Hooper and Clive Barker, Stephen King... And Joe Dante and John Landis. That is the funniest scene in the whole movie. It is that is that made the whole thing at least watchable for me. It was I know they were just dipping their toes into CGI when this came. I think if they had possibly maybe stuck with a few more physical effects instead of trying to make it as drastic as they did. That aspect of it might have been better, but it just, it looked cheap. And once again, I was so excited for this movie. Uh, at least I actually know I did pay. What the fuck was wrong with me back then? Anyway, um, yeah, I enjoyed Clovis. Clovis, the, you know, crime stop and ass kick and cat. I was really bummed when Clovis's owner died because that was, that was just sad. Very, very sad. But I I really hope and one of you one of you guys will say something that will make me think of something else I like about this because I just I just don't I, I don't find it enjoyable at all. It just meanders, it doesn't know what it's doing. It's it, it, there are too many it just seems to me like there are too many kind of subplots going on that kinda got garbled. And we have the beginning where you know, they're going because they hadn't seen these people in a while and all the dead cats, which, you know, that always just brings my score up. But, yeah, you know, I'm just going to pass this one on and maybe in my afterthoughts I'll come up with something else. But I watched it last night and it is just as forgettable except for one scene. She is so sad about this, too. I can't, I can't take it. <laughs> Iris, bring the room up, girl. Come on, man. What, what do you think about Sleepwalkers? 
Woot woot. I love this movie. I love it. I love it. <laughs> now, th- this whole movie, right? So it, the story seems a bit hokey. And I can see where you where you say that this it just kind of like meanders and it doesn't know what it what it really is. But put on your HP Lovecraft Cthulhu spectacles on and think of the short story Cats of Ulthar, because this is a retelling of that short story. In the Cats of Ulthar. So in the Cats of Ulthar, basically it is a um, story of this place called Ulthar. And um, there's an old codger and his wife. They hate cats and they catch them and they dispatch them. They hate cats, period. Then here comes this little orphan boy. And um, he had a cute little cat, cute little black cat. And all of a sudden, his cute little companion, because his parents had died in the plague, his cute little companion was gone. And he spends time meditating, and he unleashes basically a curse on the town. And the caravan leaves. And then the townspeople notice that their cats are nowhere to be seen. And then everybody goes, well, you know what? It's probably... The dude and his wife, because they're always killing cats. I bet all of our cats are dead or trapped or something, you know, on their property somewhere. So they go to the property, and lo and behold, when they open the door to the cottage, all they find is two skeletons that have been picked clean. And then the um, mayor of Ulthar goes, okay, so... Understood, kitties. Nice kitties. Nobody can kill a cat in Ulthar ever again. Think about the movie that we, you just watched. Sleepwalker. Basically the same thing. Man and uh, a guy and his mama show up. They put traps all around their house because they hate cats. And cats hate them. Shit goes down with the girl. She tries to kill Dude. Dude kills the deputy, and then deputy uh, sheriff deputy Clovis, right along. You know he's he's the instead of a canine unit, they had a feline unit. Um, Clovis hurts the guy um, Brian. Oh, what's his name in the movie? I always forget. Charlie Brady. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Charlie. Um, and. Then Mama sees this. She's trying to help her son. You know, craziness ensues. And basically, what do the cats do? The cats take revenge. So to me, uh, first time I watched this, I kind of felt a little gypped by um, Stephen King because I had not read this, this story yet from his short stories. I had not read it. And um, I thought, well, this is just a rip of Cats of Ulthar. And as I watched the movie more and more and more, and I see them through those spectacles, I fell in love with this movie even more and more and more. And therefore, that's why I just love this movie. Yeah, this was. And, a, and you've got it. This was a screenplay, I think. It wasn't any short story. I think it was just a screenplay. Uh, yeah, that's probably yeah, why yeah, I've never read it. Yeah, it so, doesn't exist. Kind of like there, the Storm of the Century. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. That was good. That was really good. I have that book. Um, yeah, I've got that. Okay, so, sorry. 
Um, so yeah, so basically that's why I um, once I put those, you know, just watching it more and more, I, I I just see more and more little nuances in here and there and everywhere. That scene in the lab, spot on. It's lovely. I love it. I crack up every single time. I mean, I don't even have to know the scene is coming. I I just start giggling because you know it, it's just good. Um, the gore in this. Me, palpable. It could have been done a little better, but there was some good gore, and um, you know, her bursting into flames at the end. Uh, I mean, I would have enjoyed more uh, seeing kind of like maybe the cat's left, kind of you know, like piranhas coming over and just chewing on everything. I would have enjoyed that a little bit more, but then again, you know, again budget. But yeah, uh, I really like this movie. That's my two cents. Now, most of the things Suzanne said was correct, you know, for about the stupidity of this movie. But I, I happen to like the stupidity of this movie because the, the beginning of the big opening credits, you get to, you try to get they try to sink some of the lore in there of why these people are the way they are, but it's not really explained what's going on with them, and that's that's how I like my horror to to, to, to the point where they don't explain shit, they just let it lie. Because if you over-explain stuff in a horror film to me, I'm, I'm going to like it a little bit less. It's that, that's, that's, this is why I resent the end of Psycho, because you get you get that very end of Psycho where the, he's being interrogated by the police, and they just lay everything out about why the way he is. I was like, I need a little mystery in my life, and this is why I resent Psycho a little <laughs> bit. I, I didn't need that ending. I really didn't Dude, need that. Dude, that's why you resent the howling. Well, because the howling, you know, like it lays it all out for you. That's probably why you don't like the howling as much. I, I explain why I don't like the howling. I, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty laid out there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this one don't explain shit. I, I, I get, I get the idea of them need, needing a life force to to survive all these years, and I love the opening of this movie. You know where they they find a little girl in the basement and she's she she sucked dry. That that tells you right away that you know a victim. Doesn't have to be a teenage girl or, or a certain type. It's just whatever they can get to, to live and, and move on. I, I, I like that aspect of this movie. <clears throat> as far as you know, the, the the comedy they try to pull off of this movie, <clears throat> I get that. You know, because Charles makes some really <clears throat> goofy jokes in this movie, and you know, love it or not, the, the the cop kebab gag works for me. It's so it's so stupid, but but it works for me and. Somebody getting murdered with an ear of corn in this movie works for me. It's just, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But the stuff that's not that's not ridiculous, I I, I really enjoy. Like um, the way the way um, Majin is, is is introduced. The the girl, the the, the victim, the, the the chosen one. Um, she's just right right away because he's he's carving his name into her arm and looking her in the yearbook and stuff like that's the one that's the one he chose. But you know when she's in the movie theater, dancing with it with the vacuum cleaner, I, that's where I fell in love with her. Let's put it that way, because like, she was like, she was like Elizabeth Shue in, in the opening of Adventures in Babysitting. You know, right there, it's like, yeah, I, I, I love that. And um, fun stuff. Yeah, it, you, you got lame Charles Brady, you know, doing silly things, but at the same time, you got Alice Creek in this movie as, as the mother being like. The guiding hand saying, you know, motherfucker, we got to eat. You're, you're dragging your feet, asshole. It, it's, it's time. And even away, when when, he bring, when when she comes to the house, she's 
she's marking her with the flower, like you see in the beginning of the movie, and she's almost like, like sexually, you know, teasing her in a way, to say, "Yep, uh, you're gonna be mine, bitch." And I, I love Alice Krieg's use of sexuality in this movie, and brutality, and and the fact that she did all of her own stunts. In the movie. I think she did a majority of her own stunts, including throwing poor Madchen over her shoulder and, and getting away from the police. Um, so she's fucking badass, for one thing. I love that so much about her. Oh, God, this woman is... She's classic. She's just a classic beauty. She's not something like Hollywood beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's classic beautiful. Oh, yeah. You know? I, I, I love mm, her mm, in mm. their story. I, oh, I mean, I yes. wish that they had done such a... a yes. I wish they had done a better job on Ghost Story because the way that the character is written in the book is a lot different. Well, yeah, she had more depth. She had more depth in this. In the movie, it was all about the guys. The book, it's about her and what the guys did to her. Yes, she is the focal point of the book. Yes, and oh my God. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Anyway, sorry, we're talking sleepwalkers. That's okay. That's okay. That's what they're called tangents, people. Yeah, but she 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 is the main reason to watch this movie, in my opinion, because just some of the action she does. If it was anybody else, you know, just doing this this hammy dialogue and doing what she does, and it's laid out pretty quick that they're fucking getting it in because he's he's carrying her upstairs in his arms, and you see the the purple glow of the cat sex happening, and I I <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, man. Meow, meow, meow. It's so strange. And if you read if you read up on this, I listened to the commentary uh, from the Blu-ray. She she was telling the boy to get in when they when they when she was like, when he was you know, on top of her. She she told him to go for it, and he fucking did apparently. And you know, I, I it's, 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 a, it's a passionate scene. People, let's put it that way. <laughs> Swing. <laughs> um. Dan Martin as as um, Clovis's master, uh, Officer Simpson, is wonderful in this movie. There, the, just the dynamic with him and Clovis is great, and the, his his dialogue is wonderful. When he dies, it's very very sad, like you said, because you know cats do what cats do, and it happened when my Joy died. Uh, unfortunately, she she overdosed on some medicine that counteracted with some other medicine. Her cat Annie was would not leave her side even when the paramedics were there. So that that's that's some cats do. When he died, Clovis was was standing by him. He he wouldn't he wouldn't leave him. And I love that about Clovis and just being a a general fuckwad, just staring at Charles Brady, saying, "I see you, motherfucker. I see you." You know, and um, Glenn Shaddix, you know, being being Glenn Shaddix in this movie and getting murdered hilariously. Um, <laughs> it's 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 kind of great. It really is. Um. Big scenes in the movie. Again, I love Alice Krieg's siege on the house. It, it's uh, on uh, on Tanya's house, just not giving a fuck about the police and just killing anybody that gets in her way of her of her prey of her of her, of her food. Yeah, she she wants this girl. She has been chosen, and she, she's gonna get her by any means necessary. Throwing her over her shoulder and carrying her out of the house. You know that that's that, all that's great again Alice Creek is the reason to watch this movie not not so much anybody else but her actions and her doing everything it's just it's just spectacular in this 
what what would have been a turd of a movie otherwise. Because a lot of a lot of inexperiences here, like you said, your two leads haven't done much at this point. But uh, Alice is holding it down, man. As 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 uh as Mary Brady, you know, just fucking her son in this movie. Even when he's dying, literally, yeah. Even when he's dying, she's like, "Who am I gonna fuck now?" That's all she was thinking about, you know. And uh, because he got messed up by by Clovis, and he was dying, and that looked better than I'm guessing this is pre Terminator Two, you know, special effects, you know, because they were just starting that morphin stuff. So for for technology that was just starting out, people need to give it a break a little bit, you know, the parts where he. They go from cat face to people face. It just it, it needs to be known that this is done on a much low, lower budget and did use some of the tech they used, but not perfectly, obviously. So if you're gonna bitch about that aspect of this movie, I think you need to like get over yourself just a little bit and realize that this is Sleepwalkers, not Terminator Two. Because you know, um, I love it. It's just it's just my kind of stupid and and. Alice rocks. Alice Alice Creed rocks this movie. She she rocks she rocks and everything though. So, but this this is a this is a banner role for me for her because she's just such a hard ass and you know knows what she wants and she she's gonna get what she wants. You know, even if it takes stabbing somebody with a, with a with ear of corn, which which was wonderfully telegraphed. Hey, we got one more ear of corn left. A left officer. I, I always love it when they got the cop who's eating something for no reason. He's <clears throat> like, hey, he got murdered by that last piece of corn. Had, had that last piece of corn, buddy, huh? Didn't you? Huh? Not, not, now you're fucking dead because of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, he was he was corn-fused. Oh, yeah. I'm going to kick it back. Okay, you win that for that, totally. <laughs> Did we change Suzanne's minds at all? i got to ask her final thoughts, and what, what, do you, what do you give the rating here, girl? You know. All right, well, I'm, I have not read Cats of Uthor probably since early teens, possibly preteen. So I, I'm going to revisit it after I read that. But like I said, I love Alice. She is really good in the movie she's in, and she picks really obs- obscure films. She, they updated The Honeymoon Killers, and she was in that, and she was just a, obviously a brief role, but... Because she's also another one of those actresses that leads, that lends, you know, some credibility to, you know, like I said, in my opinion, a wavering screenplay. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I really will reread the story. Like I said, I've got to refresh my old lady brain and give it a revisit. But at this point, I'm still going to kind of hold it about, believe me. My original rating has gone up a few points because you both brought up some very valid points about it, and thank you for doing that because occasionally I get a little stubborn and I get myself set in a certain set of beliefs about a film. And this is one of those. So, yeah, I've, I, it's actually gone up. So, yes, it's I'm sitting at about a six with this. But after I re, you know reread the story... And watch the movie again. We'll revisit it at a, at another time, but I will keep you guys updated. Fair enough, Iris. Right on. Um, I'm going to give this one eight out of ten. Um, but you know this 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 movie was made for me. It's hokey, it's cute, it's funny. 
um, subject matter is, you know, just like way out there. Um, kind of a bit of a sci-fi uh, horror type of thing, you know, so for me, uh, it's definitely an eight. And like I said, once I started watching this a little more and I saw it through the lens of the Cthulhu mythos, then I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this movie's good. <laughs> so, yeah, eight out of ten for me. Cool. And Alex Krieg, I would do her. Yes, she, she would get in. Like I said, I met her. I was intimidated because, you know, this movie and, of course, Star Trek First Contact, where she wanted to get in with Mr. Mr. Again, just overly sexualizing Mr. Data in that movie. She she wanted she wanted to bang uh, she wanted to bang the Lieutenant Commander Data. You know, this why she wanted to be a little bit more flesh so she so she can get it in. And you know, it never happened, unfortunately. But literally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she she wanted to turn that emotion enhancement up, and you know, just just let them let them enjoy that shit. Uh, cool things exactly about this movie. Uh, Mick Garris and Madgen were actually are actually allergic to cats. Um, I remember that in the commentary, <laughs> but didn't reveal it till just before productions. I'd imagine her hanging out with Clovis was was not a good time, but she has some nice moments with Clovis. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's 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 fun. It's just stupid fun. And like I said, I I, I think that as 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 a, as a man, as a, turning into a man, this movie came out ninety two, so I was eleven years old. So between this and I think like from dusk till dawn, it was hard to it was hard to pick a wife. But besides uh, Alice Creek and Selma Hayek, you know, because um, Alice Creek, she, she she knew what she wanted, and she was going to get it. And you know what? I, I met her once, and she would still get it. As, as I'll say about that, <laughs> as, as, as long as it's consensual. Woo! But um, yeah, that's that's Sleepwalkers, and I, I think you guys should watch it. If I if I should say so, it's a, uh, it's 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 fun. It's my kind of stupid. But um, so what you're saying is don't listen to me. No, no, well, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong, Suzanne. But I'm saying at the same time you're kind of wrong. Okay. It, 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 it's, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's kind of like when you start going off on somebody or you're going to go off on somebody and say, be nice, Sue. Be, be, be nice, Sue. I, 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 and that happens more than you would. It, it actually happens a lot. I, I really don't like this person. They're not worth it, Sue. They're not worth it. You know, it's a, <laughs> but I, I think Sleepwalkers is worth it. And uh, that's, that's where I'll leave this. And we'll come back out and close out the show. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting. But that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. 
We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. That's it for this one. Um, it's, it's great to be back, and I hope with this uh, a more more often thing, and I'm sure it will be. Um, I don't know what we're doing next. Um, it was in discussions with, with, with Ricky Morgan to do... <clears throat> sorry, guys, shit. The first two back to, uh, Bad News Bears movies because the other ones are not so good, and I don't want to do a whole franchise fest. <laughs> but um, that might be next, or the Jamaica one might be next, or um, I, I put it out there in the group, uh, ones that, that I, I, I threw out there, um, including an episode featuring Nightbreed, which I, I, I notoriously don't love either, but I'll, I'll love it for, for these ladies as much as I can with Little Monsters, the, the Fred Savage joint. Um That'll be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. And um, whatever comes next comes next. You, you can look for that. And Last Call of Torches putting out an episode real soon. And uh, myself and Ricky doing Look What You Did. That's coming out real soon. It just Whatever comes out comes out. It'd be real sporadic for right now. Because my sister's health is getting up. They just, they just put her on new medicine, actually. So for, for her nerves themselves. So she hasn't felt this good in... in, in Months probably because of this medicine, so it's a uh, it's plus. It's a uh, everything. Everything's looking up, people, and um, yeah. Uh, Iris, what you got coming up, girl? Well, um, uh, tomorrow I'm going to record with Robin Coleman on We Saw the Devil, and you can find that on WeSawTheDevil.com. That's a true crime podcast, and we are going to be going over. The Laura, the the Lori Vallow sentencing, the oh. business business, and Carly Russell, and that's what we're going to be discussing on that one. And then with that sort of weird with Mike, we have added Jim. We are now a thruple, and um, Jim is pretty awesome. He um, is about. You know, we're all in the same age group, and um, he's witty, he's funny, we have chemistry with him, so it's it's really nice to have a third now. Um, and the last case that we did, or I should say the last episode, was him. He had brought to the table the topic of the Ammons haunting. So um, give it a listen, it was really good. Um, and that's on That's Sorta, S-O-R-T-A, weird.com. And uh, my next topic, uh, and that should be dropping on the 19th, the 20th, um, I'm going to be talking about Doomsday Prophets. So that's going to be fun. Cool, cool. Anything, anything working out with you, Suzanne? What's happening with Suzanne? Are you writing anything lately or anything, anything, uh, anything um, sexy happening? No, it's summertime. I'm in summertime baseball mode. I don't, <laughs> my brain doesn't, I, I, I have zero creativity in the summer. But I did start pulling up a couple of my short stories to start noodling around with again. Possibly might go back and write a few reviews. I don't know. Like I said, it's summertime. I get really weird in the summer. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything other than sit outside and enjoy the very small window of nice weather that I have. But we'll see possibly maybe something fun coming up in the fall. Well, we'll find out. I don't say this often enough. We are prop members of the Legion Podcast Network. 
please go to Legion uh, pod, uh, Patreon.com slash Legion Podcast for all the early goodies, the video shows, the bonus Last Call of Torchies, the pirate radio edits of, of Cinema PsyOps, early releases, all this stuff can be yours on Patreon.com slash Legion Podcasts. Give us a rate and review on Apple Music or whatever podcatcher that you use. Um, go listen to all these things that Iris is on. That's sort of weird. And what's the other one called again, Iris? We saw the devil. Uh, we saw the devil. True crime podcast. And you show up on there more. I've listened to more than one. Mm-hmm. You showed up on there for sure. Um, true crime stuff. It's a hot thing, people. But, yes, um, it is. That is the end of this one. We'll see you guys all again when we see you guys next time. Hopefully within the next two weeks. Um, two or possibly three of us. Whoever can make it. We're, we're going to put a show out. Because I miss these women too much. You know, too much shit's been happening. You know, in our daily lives. You know, people people get busy. People get bummed. You know, and at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're all a family unit. These, these, are, these are my sisters. I am their Indeed. brother. You know. Yeah. Uh, I, I I care about little little brother. Well, well, you, you yeah. know, it, it, uh, <laughs> I, I'm 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 old beyond my years. Let's put it that way. I, I'm not Mike Murphy. <laughs> I'm not Mike Murphy old, but I'm pretty old though. You know. <laughs> See if I if I didn't fuck with this man, he would think something was wrong though. Okay, come on now, you know. This is true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> no, but he he is one of my mentors and. Him and Mike White uh, it ma- made me the the shit talking podcaster I am today, and great <laughs> great co-hosts like these that, that you know if you haven't figured it out by now, if you find f- females that are smarter than yourself, okay, it makes you better, and they they have made me better as as a human being and as a podcaster, and um yeah go go find yourself some intellectual female friends that are. Uh, that know better than you do, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Love you all. This has been the Cine Beef Podcast, where if you've got beef, we've got the grinder. See you next time. I'm always waiting, I'm always waiting for the chow to happen, but it never happens. Oh, I, I, oh my God, there's a kitty. <laughs> yes. There was a kitty. <laughs> that, 